How does a skint second division club find a striker at such short notice? Laurie devised a cunning plan. He posted a message on CFAX. My agent saw the Wickham site on CFAX and obviously with their injuries and everything and me not being cup tied, he got on the phone to Laurie Sanchez and uh, they had a chat and he asked me to come down and you know, to play a couple of reserve games. As CFAX substitute striker Roy Essendo took up a position in the box. Natural, and this is Teletext People, a social history into the blocky medium that dominated our TV screens right up to its close down in 2012. In this episode, Ian Westbrook of the BBC, who was CFAX's last ever sports editor. Ian shares with us some tales of his time at BBC CFAX. I started by asking Ian how his career at CFAX began. Okay, so I, jo- I joined the BBC. I'd always wanted to work for the BBC. And I joined the BBC um, in what was the old cashier's department. And what we did was we used to pay out um, wages in cash for a lot of the staff and expenses and travel money and that sort of thing. Um, but I always really wanted to get into the journalistic side of it. And growing up, I was a massive fan of CFAX because being a Brentford supporter, the only way you could actually get any news about Brentford other than the weekly paper was on CFAX. So my favourite page was the Football News in Brief page 312. And I was writing a column for the Brentford programme about news in the third division where we were playing at the time. So any signings and stuff like that, I'd note down from CFAX in in a notebook for my programme column. So... The BBC staff newspaper called Ariel used to advertise jobs. And in 1992, there was a job advert to join CFAX. So by this stage, I had started doing journalism outside the BBC. I was reporting for a local paper on Brentford away matches. Um, So with that on my CV, I applied for this job and I got an interview. And I was quite relaxed about it. So I actually did a good interview. And I didn't get the job, but they said to me, we're impressed with what you've done. Do you want to come and do sort of extra shifts for us? So for two years then, I, as well as my normal nine-to-five job at the BBC, I was doing some weekend and evenings working on CFAX. And that was mainly doing the football scores, uh, everybody's favourite pages. So the way that worked was the scores literally came in on a paper teleprinter. And you talk, and it, there were, say it was a normal Saturday, of all of the four divisions playing in England. So you'd have one division per person. And somebody would deliver all these, rip these gold flashes off the video prints, give them to you, and you would literally type them in by hand uh, and then update the page. So I did that and I did some other, I think I did some shifts on cricket and other sort of live scores rather than news shifts. And then in 1994, um, a permanent job came up on CFAX again and I applied for that and I got the job. And so I joined CFAX full time in January 1994 as probably the most junior member of the sports desk. Uh, and it went from there. Yeah, so as a, as a freelancer, really, I said he was just doing school shift. And once you joined the desk, you were doing all sorts of things. You were writing news stories, which I wasn't really doing before, um, as well as all the, the statistical stuff and working on a shift pattern. So the shifts were four 10-hour shifts a week, including weekends. You did a couple of weekends a month, um, early shifts, late shifts, middle shifts. So obviously, you, know, you might be starting the coverage off. 
So CFAX was uh, staffed 24-7. So there were people doing CFAX news overnight. The sport was only staffed during the day. Well, say from, I think, 6 in the morning to 11 at night, something like that. But obviously when live sport was on, that changed. So if it's on, people worked overnight doing Ashes tests and Olympics from uh, if they're in the States or whatever. So, yeah, it was writing news stories, doing team news, um, doing more featurey things. Um, and what excitingly, I got to go to my outside broadcasts. So the first outside broadcast I ever went to was the World Snooker in Sheffield. I went with someone who'd quite experienced, been before. So I think I was there the first time for a week. So we were the most popular people in the press room at uh, the Crucible because back in those days, in the mid-90s, the only way of getting live football scores on a Saturday afternoon was by watching CFAX or Teletext. And if you imagine you're working in a press room at a sports event and you've got people working on CFAX there, we were quite popular. So you'd have all the, the, the players, very relaxed at the snooker. The players used to come into the press room quite a lot and sit around. So we'd have snooker players and other journalists coming to our desk saying, oh, what's the Liverpool score? What's the Brentford score? looking over our shoulders, looking at the latest scores page, which we could access. At the, snooker, I mean, the work we did at the snooker was we would do, everything was, was um, mainly by hand. So we were typing in latest scores um, for match by match at the World Snooker. So mainly in the press room, you could go into the, cruise, into the arena occasionally, but you had to be at your desk to update the score. So we'd get a feed, so we'd have, we'd have t little TVs on our desk, you'd watch each game, and as each frame finished, you put the score in. You weren't updating it shot by shot. You had, so you'd have the score, um, and obviously in the match results, we'd have results pages and draws pages, and also be writing a four-paragraph report as well. Once the, you, the idea of anything was to get something done, you know, on the whistle or, or as, as something finished, so at the, say at the snooker, as that final ball was sunk, you had to have a four-part report ready, bang, to go up. And then you go into the press conference and you get quotes. And the idea of CFAX pages was that each four-paragraph page, as you know, pages are in subsets. You might have, say, on a snooker match, four pages. So each page was self-contained. So four paragraphs is about 80 to 90 words. So say it was a snooker match and you'd have a report and quotes from both players. You, the first page would be a report, what happened. The second page might be quotes from the winner. But on that page, if somebody put their TV on and lands on page two of four, they need to know what happened in the match. So you'd have a paragraph saying... After Ronnie O'Sullivan beat Stephen Hendry 15-11, he said he was delighted with his performance or whatever it was, and then three paragraphs of quotes. And then the, the Stephen Hendry page would be the same because someone might land on that page straight away. So Stephen Hendry said he was disappointed to lose Ronnie O'Sullivan and then the quote, and the last page would be the score. That was quite exciting. Being at a major event, that was brilliant. Um, I also went to some golf events in the early days. Went to, I think it was the PGA at Wentworth I went to, where, again, you're, you're doing the live scores um, and reports in a similar way to the snooker. I also, I can't remember the exact year, um, went to Wimbledon. I went to Wimbledon probably at least a dozen times over the years. So my first memory of going to Wimbledon was we were doing latest scores at Wimbledon from all the courts. It was about 15 courts then. And we were literally in an underground bunker below the old number one court. So I think there were four or five of us there on shift. And you had a row of TV screens showing the matches. And above that, you had the internal scoring system going at Wimbledon showing each court. So say one person would do, say, courts one to four, some would do five to eight, etc. So you're looking up and down at the screen, up and down at your screen, updating it game by game for all these matches. And it was exciting being at Wimbledon, but you're underground with no windows and looking up and down, you end up with a massive headache at the end of the day, but it was great to be there. And then you'd also get to write match reports and quotes on that as well. And so as time went on, I sort of managed to progress up the, uh, up the ladder, if you like. I went from being a junior journalist to a senior journalist, um, and then I became the deputy sports editor. 
The BT Sport website was founded um, in about 2001, and the CFAC sport team at the time, there were eight of us, and there was a regional sport team. These pages, the 390 pages had started, there were eight of them. Probably half the team went over to the website, which left us obviously quite short of people, including the CFAC sports editor. Um, I became the CFAC sports editor after that move happened, and we got some new, new people in. So I can say I was, and I was the last ever sports editor of CFAC, because in 2004, we merged with the website. So they merged the operating system. What it meant was, and it's still, it's still true now, if you look on the red button text on um, digital TV, that the first four paragraphs of a website story, what went on CFAX, if you read a website story, the top four paragraphs were still self-contained. Everything would be in there, say a football report. Top four would tell you what you, you, know, what you needed to know. And the CFAX pages were created from that top four. And then for the web, you knew what they, they said, like a joining fifth paragraphs. You might say... Uh, Brentford beat Wigan three 0 to move top of League One. So and so scored the first, so that and the fourth. Then you have then you have a fifth par which wasn't on CFAX, which should say the result means the bees are three points clear at the top or whatever. And then you go into a bit more detail. In the second minute, this happened. So you'd have this like this linking paragraph to to link the self-contained um, four par report with the rest of your web copy. So the move was a bit, you know, it took a bit of time because there were some people who joined the website when it started who weren't used to writing stuff in four pars because the freedom of writing for a website. Uh, so there was a bit of a, you know, a process, but it happened and it worked in the end. Um, so I then moved from being the ZFAT Sports Editor to an assistant editor on the website. Um, and then I left sport when I moved to Salford in, uh, in 2011. So as I said, I was very lucky to do a lot of outside broadcasts for CFAX. Um, Wimbledon was probably my favourite. I, I said I was there at least a dozen times. And I managed to negotiate as um, a seat that the website team still operate now because once uh, the new, new number one court, the old number one court was demolished and that basement disappeared, thank heavens, we moved into the new broadcast centre which was built, had, uh, desks in there. What we really wanted was to try and get on centre court. And centre court, as you know, has got all these commentary boxes around, um, I think it's the middle or the third level. So we managed to negotiate with the press team there to be given some space in a commentary box, two sort of windows next to each other. And one of they have these, these rooms we go around the corridors. We managed to negotiate two windows. Um, and I think the first year we were there, the technology wasn't quite up to it because the BBC has got its own village, if you like, at Wimbledon. I certainly used to have when I was working there. Um, and we managed to f eventually get onto the BBC circuit, which meant it was just like working in the office. Um, and then we had the scores um, automated, which was which was a big relief. So the scores were all done off the um, IBM feed that fed Wimbledon. So that was great. So the people who were at Wimbledon then could concentrate on doing ma on doing reports. So obviously you have somebody reporting on the match that we were watching on front and centre court. Somebody else might go out onto with the press ticket on the number one court and report. Plus that it was the start of the live text pages, which obviously everyone knows on the website. So, you know, we were doing stuff for CFAX and for the website. People were feeding into the live text pages. Yeah, so I was very lucky to be at Wimbledon all those times. Long days. I mean, it's great working at Wimbledon. was great. But you were there because of the scores. You need to be there well before play starts and until play's finished. Mm. So, you know, but I'm, I'm not complaining about working mm. there. The, the other place that's really evident was uh, the Open Golf. So I think I went to seven or eight Open Golf Championships for CFAX. And we did have automated scores there. But again, you had to set it going. And there were various ways of coding players. So although it did work, there were things you still had to do. Um, so the open golf, particularly on the first two days, play tends to start at half past six in the morning um, and can go on until nine o'clock at night because, you know, they, they've got 100 and, 128 players, I think it is. 
So again, long days, and you only really got to go out on the course in the first couple of hours because once you, know, you came in, there were two of you there, you were writing reports, players were finishing all the time, you were writing report after report. Once the CFAX regional service was there, there were four of us there, and we had people interviewing every single English player who came off the course because if you think there's 11, 12 regions around the country, they all wanted reports. So if you had a Northampton golfer, we would do four pars on him. You had a golfer from... Suffolk report on him so we had people there that we must have done I think each day maybe 70 to 80 certainly the first 70 to 80 sub pages of stuff to read so that was full on and again I'm not complaining long days but brilliant to be there even though most of the time was spent in the press tent um, and everyone knows who you are CFAX very well respected um, by this stage people get football scores elsewhere so they weren't crowding around our terminals for that but I did the Commonwealth Games in Manchester in 2002 I did the end of that um, which was great obviously very different um, that was more about reports just a reminder that if you're listening to this on your favourite podcast app you can also find this on the YouTube channel and if you are watching on YouTube you can find us on your favourite podcasting app you can find out ways that you can help with the show in the show notes With, um, with with the skills that you've picked up um, working for CFAX uh, so long, do you do you still look at things today and and, uh, and manage to look at look at the world in three paragraphs plus an explainer? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I, I think sometimes people have got short attention spans, haven't they? You look at Twitter and TikTok and all these things. People just want things in two minutes. If you had a four paragraph report, I think that would work really well. I don't think the the readership of digital text is that high anymore. Um, some people don't even know it's there, to be honest. So. Yeah, you, you, you do tend to look at, it, at things a bit like that. I mean, CFAX was, was much loved, although I talk to people now, younger people about it, they, they don't know what it is, they don't understand what it is. But uh, yeah, you look at things, try and look at things concisely, definitely. Hmm. Uh, were there any sort of stories? I've heard a story of um, of a football manager, I think it was a Queen's Park Rangers manager, find out he got a sack via via CFAX, but I'm not sure how, how true that is. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Bruce Rioch found out he was sacked uh, via reading it on CFAX. That is true. Um, there was also the famous uh, Roy Essendo, the Wickham striker. Now, I actually took the call that day um, from Wickham's press officer who phoned us up and said, look, we're really short. They were in the FA Cup quarterfinals. We're really short of players. Is there any way you could put a paragraph on your news in brief page saying we need a striker? So we put this up and Roy Essendon's agent saw the, uh, the story and he signed for Wickham and scored the winning goal for them um, against Leicester um, simply because the, the, they'd read that paragraph on CFAX. So some of the other things that happened were um, Glenn Huddle's daughter once sent in a fax defending her dad after he got a load of stick when he was in the manager. Um, and also there's a football manager who I won't name who once rung our previous sports editor before me in the middle of the night to complain about a story we'd put up about him on CFAX. Um, and also, one year I was at the Open Golf um, and a player accused us of misquoting him. I won't, again, I won't name the player, but what used to happen was they'd hold press conferences for some of the players, um, it, you know, particularly in the last couple of days, but they couldn't do it for everybody. Um, so what used to happen was that the officials would interview certain players at the end of their rounds rather than have a press conference and print out the quotes and put them in a, in a tray at the back of the press tent and you could just go and get a copy of whichever ones you needed. So we wrote up quotes from this particular player 
And I think he said something like um, he, he disappointed he finished and he was going to take a rest and not play in the next week's tournament. Anyway, half an hour after we published the story, there's a Tanner announcement saying, because only from CFATS comes to the front desk, please. So I went to the desk and this player's agent was standing there and he said, look, he's read your piece. He's very unhappy. Um, that's not what he said at all. So I brought the guy over to our desk and handed him the printout and said, well, he did say this. Here's what he said. And we've correctly quoted him word for word. Uh, and Black apologised because his player had misinformed him and we hadn't done anything wrong at all. One of the big motivations away from outside broadcasts was the rivalry we had with ITV Teletext. Obviously, we were doing the same thing um, and the big motivation was to get stories up before they did. Obviously, not... Um, making things inaccurate in our rush to get things up. But for example, say a manager was sacked or a game finished or a signing was made. We used to have on two big TVs uh, in the office, our headlines page, 301, their headlines page, and it was 140. You know, and the big joy was getting the, the story out first, beating them to the story. I, I don't know if websites really have the same motivation now as there's so many rivals out there, but really it was just us and them doing sports news. So that was a big thing, um, to beat them to stories. And also, we were a very, very close-knit team. I mean, there are only eight of us, as I said earlier, um, on the sports desk. And the friends who I've still got from work now are people, all people I work with on CFAX. You know, we worked together. We believed in what we did. Um, and because everybody used CFAX, you know, at its height, 20 million people a week used it. Everybody knew CFAX. Everyone knew the page numbers for sport. 301 for the headlines, 302 for football. You knew what division you were in, what, what uh, page your team's league table was. 324 Premier League, 325 Championship, etc. So it was just, it, yeah, you were proud to work for something that everybody used and that you probably used yourself as well. Certainly I, I did as a kid. Well, yeah, I, I often remember being um, off sick and going through all the pages of, um, of, of, of CFAX and Oracle just to, just to see what was there. But um, I do remember sort of like, I remember sort of 12 pages of results from the UEFA Cup preliminary rounds and I think I, I read all of them um, on CFAX as well. Um, so the amount of information that you were you were gathering in and producing for people, um, it was you know it was educating people as as well as uh, telling people who were seeking the information, um, t telling them what they needed to know. It was doing both things at the same time. That's right, you know, and and also in those days, be, you know, before we were, I like to say, the internet before you, the internet existed. If you came in from a match and wanted to know that day's scores, etc., and tables, unless you lived in a city that did an evening paper like Saturday Night Pink or whatever it was, the only way to get all that information was to use CFAX mm. or, or the ITB equivalent. You know, it was all there. You could go through the scores in each division, the tables, the results and tendencies, the match reports and quotes. It was all there. Everything was there for you, totally free, just on your TV, sit down on the sofa, a cup of tea and go through it all. Mm. And it was there. It was what people wanted and people used it. Um, and it was a brilliant service, really brilliant service. There's still some people who work on BBC Sport Online who were at CFAX and who understand what people want. So, for example, if you look on the BBC Sport app now, it's got a show scorers button. So if you want to see all the results and scorers, you can do that. So I think certainly stats-wise, it mirrors CFAX. People, the people who work there still understand what people want to see. I think the live text is, is a totally different thing that we, you know, we didn't really have in the days of CFAX. Um, I think still, you know, the, the match reports on the website have changed now. They're not necessarily four paragraphs telling you everything. So stats-wise, I'd say yes. Live text-wise, probably not. But, but it's not designed to be like that. It's not a criticism. Uh, it's just it is a different thing, the live text. And earlier on, you alluded to um, your rivalry with um, Oracle and then uh, Teletext um, services after that. 
was there uh, any any time where you sort of like um may have made a mistake and it and it got replicated on on the um other service because they were perhaps um copying you you have to have trusted sources when you're producing you know copy and stuff so the press association was trusted source it, but if they a press association said smith scored the third goal for chesterfield then we mm. both have taken that so it would look wrong on both services, even though the person at the ground actually got it wrong and it was Jones. So probably not copied from us, but we could both have made the same mistake from using the same source. So the way it works is that the press association are supposed to check facts before they send them out. And if you look at things today, the newspapers and websites, but if you're getting like stuff you see in a paper or, or obviously now you see it online, stuff wouldn't necessarily go up straight away from a non-trusted source. You need a second source. Obviously, you've got a BBC reporter then you, you've got someone to attribute it to. But yeah, I mean, stuff wouldn't, we, we wouldn't put stuff up on a chance. You know, stuff would only go up if we were 100% sure it was correct. And that's the, and that's the same state with the website. With, with the teletext tables, the league tables and, and things, were there any particular challenges with, um, with, with having to make corrections or if a point, you know, if points were deducted, did it, did it give you formatting errors that you had to make an extra page? Did that sort of like annoy you? I mean, it, it was a bit frustrating because the tables became, all, you know, having been done by hand initially, they became automated. So when things like point deductions happened, the team's points show up correctly. And it wasn't always easily possible to put in like an asterisk and a line saying, so-and-so deducted 10 points for, you know, going to administration or whatever. So yeah, that was frustrating because people would look, you know, sometimes they they find ways around it, but you would sometimes have tables showing someone who got 10 points even though they won 10 games without being able to explain it properly to people. So yeah, that, that was one frustration. But you had to have these tables, all, you know, the amount of time to type out a table manually, it was so long, they needed, these things had to be automated. One thing that um, people doing TV didn't like about CFAX was our live scores. If they were doing a highlights programme later, so again, I don't want to name a name, but uh, somebody working on the snooker once rang us up because we were doing live scores on a match and TV was showing it as live about half an hour behind and had a highlights program up and they rung us up at the Crucible to say, can you stop doing the live scores? You're going to ruin the, the viewing for our highlights program. Uh, as you can imagine, we said no to that request. Um, and then you get people writing in and saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, why have you got the results on your page? I've matched the days on tonight. I, I don't want to know what the scores are. So the answer to that is don't put on CFAX. You don't know. press the text button. That's exactly, it. exactly. It's easy. Um, and then we'd have um, we had a letters page. You used to get letters in the post back in the day from people, um, various odd points about uh, other coverage or or teams. And there was just so many, you know. It, it was it was just a brilliant time. It was a brilliant, you know the ups and downs. Um, yeah, it was a it was a brilliant time to be there. Oh, that, that, that's excellent. It must have been a sad day when um, when when you finished at CFAX. Yeah, it was. I mean, I said, so first of all, there was the merger in 2004 with the website. So CFAX, although it existed on your TV, we were in a separate department. And then when I finally left uh, BBC Sport, because the move to Salford happened in uh, spring and summer 2011, and for various, for my case, family reasons, but 50% of the team didn't go. Um, so actually leaving BBC Sport was a very sad day. I mean, I'm now back in the BBC working BBC News. But um, yeah, that, it was that was very sad. It's um, but it, obviously a lot a, a lot of positive memories as well. Definitely, def- listen. It, as I said to you, it's the best job I've ever had working on CFAX Sport, uh, and I'm proud to have worked there and uh, you know played a part in in its history. I mean, the C- the service is uh, 
It started 48 years ago. Uh, this month, in fact, October, October. So, uh, big anniversary coming up in a couple of years' time. You have been listening to Teletext People. Teletext People is presented by me, Carl Attrell, and is a bite-high, no-limit production.